Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. Well, it is Friday. That means we are wrapping up your week with the fabulous, wonderful, and truly holistic Dr. Judy Jasek. How are you today? I'm doing, I'm doing good. And you know, I want to, I want to say so many, I have so many new clients now that find me through the podcast. And I mean, like all over the country, people find this podcast and they just, they just rave about it. They just really appreciate the information and, um, you know, I think they like our, our banter and I mean, not everybody does, but a lot of people do. And, and I talk to people that are like, like religious, like we seriously got some groupies out there that like every Friday, like, um, like I'm listening to the, you know, to the podcast and, and, and really enjoying it. So, you know, that's, that's good to hear that people are finding us. And, you know, like we were talking about pre-show people are seeking information and, you know, we've got, some stuff to talk about as far as people need to be accountable and need to seek their information and don't just believe what you read somewhere or what you hear, even what you hear from your veterinarian, you have to dig in and ask what, you know, where are you getting that information? Where is that information coming from? Why is raw food not good for my pet? If you've been, you know, told that, or why should my pet give this, give, um, get this vaccine and prove to me that these diseases are, you know, my or my pet's really at, at risk for these diseases. So, you know, you have to be discerning about the information you're finding out there. So I think that people, and not that, you know, not that everything we say is always right. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to be challenged or people bring something up and I'm always happy to research and change the way I think if, if I have good evidence that there's, um, that there's a better way, but I, I just love that people are getting out there and, you know, seeking out new information. Well, and, and here is quid, quid pro quo, Dr. Jasek, if people, and I apologize again for the uh, background noise. We have a lot of construction going on as usual. I think it's going to be over in two weeks, Dr. Jasek in two weeks. I think I'm going to be back to normal. Uh, but don't quote me on that. But here is the challenge that you and I deal with on a daily basis. It's that if people are going to challenge us, okay, and like we said, we'd like to be, you know, you can challenge us. Don't we have the right to challenge people back for the information or the statements or the beliefs or the incorrect information that they bring to us? You know, I think being challenge and having healthy debate is, is good. But, uh, you know, a lot of the feedback we get sometimes from people, um, their, their mind is set They're you know, if, you know, they say, 
you know, like, like you've said, somebody returns food because they say it's bad. Well, what is bad? What, what does that mean? You know, their dog didn't eat it. Well, what does that mean? Maybe, you know, there was something going on with their dog completely unrelated to the food and, and what is bad? You know, people sometimes I think come, come off with these coined phrases and they don't really know what they mean. Or they read something on the internet, right? They'll say, well, raw food has E. coli, semoletta, semoletta, semonella, and uh, can't be low bacter. Recently, someone made this statement. My dog is very discerning. And when my dog decides he doesn't want some but some type of food, it must mean that there are these three bacteria in the food. To which our team, who's, who's very um, educated, asked the question, are you saying that a dog can sniff out bacteria or toxins because if they could, would they still eat poop? Would they eat toxic kibble? And would they eat rat poisoning or antifreeze? We only wish that dogs were that discerning. But I don't see that that's the case. Now, um, what say you about are dogs able to sniff out bacteria because it seems like they would have all died out in the wild if that was the case when they were going to eat a dead carcass (laughs) yeah right i mean think about what dogs eat out in the wild i mean they're they're natural scavengers they're eating poop and dead things and i know you know i could take my dog on a walk and he sniffs anything that's remotely related to food you know usually he'll eat it and you know always you know we a lot of kids walking in our neighborhood going back and forth to school so there's who knows what gummy bears and cheetos and all kinds of stuff on the ground so i'm always careful but he'll just he'll he'll pick it up and eat it so but to say that a dog can sniff out certain types of bacteria mm, that's a stretch and and what is that based on like that's that's opinion that's somebody's opinion about about their dog, because my perspective, they just want to make blame it on the food. And then they don't have to think any further. Oh, it must be the food. And then they don't have to, you know, think any further about it. Um, But, uh, you know, can dogs sniff out certain, certain types of bacteria? Um, You know, I, I doubt it. I doubt that that's, you know, I mean, I guess we don't know what they're sniffing with their noses, but I don't think they're sniffing out these these particular bacteria. And there's, there's a lot of reasons why dogs might not eat. Sometimes dogs just skip a meal. Like it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the food. Sometimes they just do a self fast because maybe they ate something that didn't agree with them. And then they just, you know, they skip a meal or two. I mean, that's pretty normal in, in dogs, but it certainly doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the food. There can be all different types of things. And I think that what happens, Dr. Jasek, is that people get on the internet and they Uh read things from these celebrity vets or whomever that's been out there a long time. And as you and I were talking, you know, it's not that maybe the information is absolutely correct, but the people like those vets and therefore they don't question it. One um, being recently where... um, 
Dr. Gene Dodds was talking about no-sodes and uh, kind of poo-pooing the no-sodes. And Dr. William Faulkner, who's very straightforward and makes no bones about vaccinations, um, was talking about this situation where he said, you know, she was taking an old study and citing something that wasn't actually factual. And this is, uh, this is not what we want for our pets. We want people to push back. You read that article. What did you think about that article? Well, you know, f- first of all, I know a lot of people follow Gene Dodd's va- you know, traditional like vaccine protocol because it's supposed to be more holistic. And in my opinion, it isn't. I think she still does three vaccines in puppies, which I don't think you need to. And then she does titer testing. Well, I don't think you should be doing three vaccines. You know, I do one or two and then do a titer test. So I've never agreed with her vaccine protocol. So, cause I don't consider it a holistic approach. Um, but then when I read that and I'm like, hmm, I was a little bit suspicious because I know her vaccine protocol, but then if you dig into that a little bit and you look at how the no sodes were given, so they took dogs, they gave a conventional vaccine vaccine, and then they gave them the no sodes and then they challenged them. And the, the puppies with the no sodes got sick with, I think they challenged them with Parvo and the, and the puppies got sick. Well, but from a homeopathic perspective, there's, there's certain protocols that work better with the no sodes. Like you don't just give them once there's a, there's sort of a, 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 a way of giving them that is more effective. So they didn't do an appropriate protocol for the no sodes. They just gave it once, just like they gave the vaccine once. And that's not the way they're most effective. They're, they're most effective given repeatedly. And then th- there's different protocols. You can also increase the potency. You start with a low potency and then, you know, you give a higher potency and you can build more resistance that way. Um, but you have to look in and, and, you know, I think my point in wanting to bring this up is well-known veterinarians like Gene Dodds can say something like that. No sods don't work. And there's a lot of people that are just going to believe it because they trust her. My point is just question these days, question everything, just question everything, ask for proof. What do you mean? No sods don't work. Okay you know, prove that to me, dig in. And I dug in to how they'd actually come up with that information. Well, they hadn't even done an appropriate protocol for, you know, for the no-sodes. So now you're going to say, well, no-sodes don't work. Well, no-sodes didn't work under those circumstances, but can no-sodes work under other circumstances? Or if we're doing a more appropriate protocol, there's just so much more to the story. But I think, you know, it seems to me that people get kind of overwhelmed. There's so much information that it's easy to just pick up, you know, a one-liner. Well, Gene Dodd says no sods don't work. So must be true. Don't, don't take things like that at face value. Find out where is that information coming from? And, you know, why did she say that? And, you know, I don't know about Gene Dodds in particular, but for some people out there, there are incentives to promote a certain narrative. Um, They're selling something or, 
you know, they are being paid by, you know, a company. You, you don't know who's being paid behind the scenes to say certain things, such as in the, um, you know, in the media, I was just listening to a podcast that said that Anderson Cooper on CNN, he, his annual salary is $12 million and 10 of that comes from Pfizer. So is, is he going to get up there and say anything bad about any pharmaceutical? His job, his, his boss is not CNN. His boss is Pfizer. And this kind of stuff goes on all the time. So if he gets up there and says anything bad about any Pfizer product, he's facing losing his job. I mean, he'll just be canned right there. So that's where information is coming from. So you, you have to really dig in these days because um, it's gotten really bad, I think, in recent years that people are getting paid off or they're being incentivized to, to spread certain information um, and it you know, doesn't doesn't have to be true. Money money speaks volumes, especially when you're talking millions of dollars a year. What I found interesting about this article uh, at Vital Animals from Dr. William Faulkner. So in the replies, someone asked him, they said, do you ever recommend giving a parvo shot to animals beyond their first puppy shots? If not, what do you recommend? And he replied back, and this was just the other day. This is just October 2nd. This is recent information. He said, I don't even recommend the puppy shots. So no. No sods for December and parvo and evaluate your need for rabies, which is best protected against with two vaccines. If you deem your risk is moderate to high for exposure, where and how you live. He, he, he's basically saying he's not going to back down. He's saying, look, you need to evaluate your risk. Um, but he doesn't do them at all. And I, and I find, Dr. Jacek, that very few people will ever have a history of not doing anything, right? So when I talk about having confidence, when you build confidence, you can't build confidence if you never go there. So if you've never put toxins in your dog, flea and tick, heartworm, or vaccinations. You have no idea how a dog would fare without that. You can only assume, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, one of our customers had said, I don't do any toxins except I have to do rabies because I live in the mountains. Well, I live in the mountains. Right. I've lived in the mountains for nine years. I have two German shepherds. So I have that history. I know how my dogs fare in the mountains around um, animals, around skunks, around fox, around deer, around elk, around moose, around bears, around voils, around rats and rabbits. My dogs are, those are all around me. But my point is this, you can make up anything in your head that you want, but until you've absolutely experienced it, you have no idea. Even if one of my dogs got lepto and died, if I got another dog, I still would not vaccinate for lepto because that is a dangerous vaccine, in my opinion. And we can talk about that. Um, the, the cons outweigh the pros. And 
So that's that's just my point. We don't have a group of people that are willing to face their fear or do the research in order to have a control group that says, you're right, my dogs are far healthier without all those toxins in their system. There aren't very many people that will, you know, not do anything. And so many pets, you know, they come from rescues or, you know, most breeders anymore still vaccinate. There's some that that minimize the, the vaccines, but they're few and far between. So most pets have had that. So you're right. It's, it's very rare to find a pet that hasn't had, you know, some sort of a vaccination or, you know, that hasn't had some sort of preventative, but, but I, I definitely make the association between vaccines and onset of illness, whether it's itchy skin or GI issues or cancer, autoimmune disease, by far the majority of those patients have had been, been severely over-vaccinated. And, you know, another thing is, you know, where, where do these canned statements like, I have to get a rabies shot because I live in the mountains. So what does that mean? Rabies is just out there lurking above a certain elevation and oh, attack it, your dog. It must be, it must be like the COVID. You can <laughs> sit down and it will go right over your head, right? Hey, but I, at a certain wonder, elevation, it's hey, deep. I wonder if they stay six feet away. If your dog stays six feet away from the wildlife, will they not get rabies? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. It probably won't. <laughs> we just need to go out. You just, uh, so what they need to do is just go out and put those little like stickers on the ground, six feet apart. And as long as your dog, you know, stays six feet away from the wildlife, then, then they'll be fine. You know what? I was reading a reply here from Betsy on Dr. Uh, Falconer's site. And I find this reply is one of the biggest reasons that pet parents don't act. And Betsy says, and yet again, we, the pet parents who are appointed to be the voice of our animals, are left to muddle through the black hole of division among professionals. So tired. Everybody wants to rely on somebody else. And I get it. You're like, well, we're getting our information here. We're getting our information there. Well, we're doing the actual research with our own animals. We're looking at our animals. We're looking at their health. We're trying something different. We're not staying the status quo, status quo 24 seven, you know, and so many people fell right in line with what the status narrative was for the so-called freaking professionals that led everybody down the wrong path in the last two years. You know, so if you're tired of professionals bantering back and forth, well, I guess you just stick with one that you like and don't listen to anybody else and hope for the best. Well, that's what I think we should be doing. I mean, I think practitioners, we should be challenging each other. That's how we learn. And that's how we're sure that what we're saying is valid. If you do get challenged, because you know, if I say something and a client comes back and challenges me, it, well, I stop and think about it. Like, okay, is, is there, you know, um, am I missing something here? You know, um, make sure there's validity to, to what I'm saying. And the majority of the time I'm, I'm speaking from my own experience. So I just feel like nobody can really challenge what I have seen in practice 
with my own eyes and what I'm observing helps pets. Cause I've been doing this long enough that I've practiced lots of different ways. And I feel like my approach now works better than anything I've ever done, but it's also constantly evolving. I'm not just stuck in, okay, I'm not doing what I was doing and not exactly the same, even five or six years ago, I'm always learning. You know, I, I listen to webinars and things and, and I'm evolving because new information does come out. And so I'm always evolving what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm speaking from experience. And, and so that I feel is very valid. And I think that's what a lot of practitioners close their eyes to. They don't look at what's right in front of them. They just look at what's the, you know, headline on the journal. Oh, that must be true. That's must be the way I need to practice. Or the pharmaceutical rep told me, you know, we were talking about lepto earlier, lepto's on the rise, better get more vaccines, get stocked up. So your patients don't get sick. That's what a lot of practitioners base their, um, their protocols on. It's not, they're not, they're not even looking at what's in front of them. I mean, why do I believe that vaccines make pets sick? Because I look at that associate when I see a a patient, I look at their vaccine history. When did these symptoms start? Oh, these symptoms started within a month of a big round of vaccinations. Well, you see that once or twice. Okay. That's an observation. I've been seeing this over and over and over and over again for years. So I fully believe that there's an, and affiliation there between a, between the vaccines and and the onset of of illness. So, but why why aren't practitioners you know looking more at at what's in front of them? And why aren't we challenging each other? You know, now it's like there's you know I'm right, you're wrong, or you know you know vice versa. There's there's not a Hey, let's let's talk about this and hash this out and let's see. Maybe we can both improve what we're doing. That doesn't that doesn't happen anymore. We sh- but we should be going back and forth and we should be challenging each other and we should be open to new ideas. And and that just that just doesn't exist anymore. And you know, you talk about you know where where practitioners are getting their information. You know, they just passed this law in California that human doctors are not allowed to say anything um, against the the COVID vaccine. That's really, really scary to me. Um, because if if that if that's allowed to go on there, it's going to spread to other states and it's going to come into this profession too, into veterinary medicine. That kind of censorship or you know, telling practitioners what they can and cannot say to their, uh, you know, to their clients, you know, we should be able to interact in whatever way we choose, you know, whatever we feel is the best interest of our clients. And that's starting to go away. And let me tell you what, you don't like this back and forth in these different options. Do you really want us to all be censored to the point that we're just all saying the same thing, even if it's not true? I, I don't think you want that one either. No, I I mean, come on, freedom of speech, people. And you want that for yourself. You want that for your dog. I mean, seriously, Um, I think so much information is coming out that said these pharmaceutical companies knew. They knew about the adverse effects. They did not tell people. 
Um, if you look at every pregnant woman that is out there, how many things don't take this when you're pregnant, don't take that when you're pregnant, but Hey, these vaccines that we've tested on eight rats are fine. Um, I, you know, we have to make sure that freedom of speech is allowed. If not, do you really want this information to be suppressed and you think it's great stuff? Eight years later, you find out it caused you cancer. And then you find out the companies knew it all along. I mean, is that what we really want? Do we want that for ourselves? Do we want that for our pets? You know, I've I've listened to uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits and um, this guy on the, the uh, Joe Rogan experience. And you just put all of their information about being in the industry together. And it's quite, quite frightening. It is quite frightening. On this podcast, um, Bueller, his name is Bueller, Brigham Bueller. Uh, Bueller. Easy for you to say. It is. It is. It really is. (laughs) And um, he says that they bring in these quote unquote thought leaders, thought leaders, and thought leaders are no more than the pharmaceutical hired hands. And one of these thought leaders is actually being prosecuted right now because he was hired by the pharmaceutical companies to be a thought leader. But He had a client who was on Oxycontin. She got off of it. And the doctor, this so-called thought leader, told her husband that he and he alone would decide her medical care, to which the husband said, okay. And he got the wife re-addicted and she died. Mm, so this guy is is they're bringing him up on charges because he knew and if you look at all of this um it is very frightening so back to betsy's comment we have to argue and if that makes you tired i'm sorry but isn't life and isn't true health worth that worth that and you know we get those kind of things all the time dr jacek it's like oh well my dog won't eat this food so i think that it has e coli and listeria or salmonella in it really what why why do you think that what levels what um cerevar what what you know what what causes dogs to be there is no information that they have whatsoever have you had a fecal no you just think that yeah what yeah so thinking it makes it true is because that's the easiest thing for people to believe. You know, if they want to dig into why else, what else might be going on with their dog? Well, that's, you know, more complicated. And, you know, it's just, it's just, just easy to blame the food. And then you can go online. And, you know, I think you also have to be careful how you're searching for information. Because if you say, what are the, or what, problems um, could arise from feeding my dog raw, well, you're going to find a bunch of problems. If you look up what are the benefits of feeding raw, you're going to find a bunch of benefits. So what are you looking for? I mean, you got to be really careful about, you know, how you search and, and where, where the information is coming from, who's putting that information out there and, and, and who they're affiliated with. Because, you know, like I was saying before, oftentimes there's other agendas. People make stuff up all the time, right? Yeah. So I uh, have a a wonderful client and um, she has a dog that she got from a breeder. Her dog 
actually happens to be pregnant. So she put this pregnant dog back with the breeder for a couple of weeks um, so that she could get, you know, some assistance from them and her dog being pregnant. The breeder does not feed raw and she was having raw delivered over to the breeder's house. The breeder um, told us that the dog would not eat the food, the pregnant dog being out of its home in a breeder's house. Mm. So it must not be beef. It must be chicken because a dog won't, because that dog won't eat chicken. So this must be mislabeled. Oh, packages. To which Seriously? we, picked, oh my yes, gosh. to which we picked it up. It was indeed what it said it was. It was indeed beef. So then the narrative was, well, then, then there must be something wrong with the beef. So we fed it to, you know, 10 different dogs and nobody had a problem and everybody was, you know, fine with it. But this is the stuff. And when I actually spoke to the breeder myself, he said, I would never feed raw. He said, I don't even like the fact that I have to feed this dog raw. And, and I, I said, so you prefer processed food? And he said, this is processed. I said, no, sir, it's, it's not processed in the way that kibble is processed. Basically, what he said was, I don't like you. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> he said, I don't like you. I said, that's fine. You don't have to like me. He actually said that to you? Yes, he did. And he, oh, called, me, he called me some other names. Um, but uh, it was just really weird. Um, it was, he, he was so animately against Raw. Then he made up these narratives. Oh, that just makes me laugh. Cause like, you can kind of just look at it. Like, don't you know what chicken looks like versus beef? Beef is, you know, like red in color. Chicken's kind of lighter that I didn't even look the same. Like no. if you ever like looked at meat, you could tell the difference. Well, and what was weird is when, um, uh, when he was talking to me, he said, it's totally a different color. And when uh, my, uh, one of my raw squad was there. He pulled it out and he goes, well, now this does, doesn't look like the, what we were feeding, but it was clearly in a Ziploc bag, baggie. He had already opened that. And she said, well, sir, this, this is beef. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we, anyway, it's just so amazing. Um, you can see sort of how the mind works, right. Um, that we get hooked on, certain ideas and by golly we're not going to go away from that idea because we don't want to be wrong and it really doesn't matter if we're wrong if it helps our pets or helps our family members or does it i mean what what is the big deal with being wrong is the wrong police coming after you well maybe in today's world they are because speaking out and telling the truth is absolutely wrong Right. Heaven forbid, you know, we can't, can't have that. You know, like I was saying earlier, you know, I've, I'm, I'm always changing. I don't look at it like, oh my gosh, I was doing something wrong. I look at it. Oh, I learned something new. How I can do things differently and it can be better. So I'm always looking to improve, you know, and yeah, I'm doing things differently than I've did even a few years ago, some things, but it's because I'm always learning and evolving. And I don't know why people are so afraid to do that. I think a lot of people are just, just adverse to change. And like this breeder, another thing I think about, 
is if this breeder really researched and really got on board with raw or, or saw, you know, like, yeah, raw is really better. Then he would feel guilty for not doing it. And he just doesn't want to do it because he knows it's going to be more work and might probably be more money if he's just feeding some, you know, cheap kibble now, but they, they don't want to, they don't want to make that change, you know, cause then if, then if he bought into the idea that, you know, raw was good and he's feeding this crappy kibble, well, then he's, contradicting himself and you know it's it's easier to just say raw's bad than to do a little research and make a change and spend a little more money so that your dogs are healthier yeah and and i thought hey you know what if you don't want to feed your dogs that you raise uh a raw diet that's that's no big deal but when somebody actually brings you their dog and what she said to me well, she said, the owner, she said, I want my dog on raw because I see that my dogs do better. Their health is better. They look better. They feel better. And I want my dog on raw. And I thought that's a little bit frightening when you put your dog in the care of somebody who doesn't like that type of food. You have no idea what they're really doing, but you and I see it all the time. And I think what we see on a consistent basis is that people don't want to get outside of the box of which they think it's very, very frightening. And I wish there was a way to help people move in that direction. I don't know if it's just a personality thing, Dr. Jasek, if it is uh, something that you can actually teach, if you can help, or if, if that, if we're just kind of, hitting our heads against a brick wall. What do you think? Boy, that's a really good question. I don't know that I have, have an answer. Um, I think it's very hard to change people's paradigm, like the way they think about things. Like we can give information, but if people have an idea in their head, such as raw is bad or something they should be suspicious of, it can be very hard to change people's minds, even if they try it. I mean, and, I, and I've seen this, like, I'll, you know, talk to people, give them the reasons why I think raw is good, but they're just not really on board with, they're always going to find something wrong with it. They're always going to find something wrong with the food because they just have this fundamental belief that it's bad. And, and I think that's, what's hard. It's, it's changing people's belief system like what do they believe is good or what do they believe is bad because you can give them information but if people don't really believe in what you're saying it, they aren't ever they aren't ever 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 going to act on it so changing how people view things and and i think i don't really think you can i think people have to experience it like you know people that watch their pets injured multiple times with vaccines, then finally it, it'll sink in. But I've seen this and it takes like multiple times, you know, like, because conventional vets will just say, oh yeah, your dog had a little reaction. Just give them some Benadryl next time. And then the reactions get worse and worse and worse until they're like really, really sick. And then when people experience, when it really hits home, 
for them. Like they have to experience a pet dying or a pet getting cancer or something like that. Then they're ready to make it change. So I think sometimes people just, it, it just has to hit them, you know, in their own personal lives and they have to experience some impact from, you know, what, what they're doing, whether it's feeding a poor diet or, um, you know, over vaccinating. I mean, I, I work with cancer patients. I experience this heartbreak day after day after day. I see it in, in people, you know, just that devastation. And it's like, and people will say, if only I'd known, if only I'd been able to do differently. And, you know, it's like, well, we can't undo, but you do know differently now. And you can only do what you know. But now that you know differently, please, you know, do something differently. So they so they learn that. But, you know, I'd, I'd much rather see, you know, people not have to go through that. But it it seems like if people have to get their own personal wake up call sometimes to change their mind, whether it's about their pet's health or their, or their own health, if they don't see it and experience it in their own life, then they're not going to make a change. You know, what would be an interesting question um, would be, why do you think that you were never exposed to this information before? I mean, do you, do you think that, um, that the people that you, I don't even know how to ask it, but the question really is, in what way could you have known, right? Because it's not as if the information is not out there, Dr. Jasek. So is it that your vet poo-pooed it? Is it that your vet totally led you in a different direction? Is it that when you Googled um, information, it scared you? You know, it would be interesting to gather that information from those folks who say, I wish I would have known. And, you know, like you get these surveys all the time, you know, how did you hear about us? And the question would be, how did you not hear about it? In what areas are you researching or listening or advice? Whose advice on pet health have you been following? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That would be a very interesting question for me um, because I would like to understand where they're being led astray, where they're not getting that information, why the alternative medicine is being suppressed. There's an alternative, but if people don't know about it, they're never going to, you know, they're never going to get it. Right. So I just, that, that's a question that I have. Why? Why have you never heard about it? Yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, they go in to a practitioner or somebody they consider a trusted professional. They go into their veterinarian and they rely on their advice to help their pet. And then when that doesn't go so well, I don't think, I don't, people are, people, a lot of people have a really hard time going against quote unquote professional advice. Because they feel like because they're they're filled with fear, and if they don't do what the professional, even if what the professional says doesn't really sit with them, like what if I don't do that and my pet dies or my pet gets sicker, then they're gonna feel really guilty about that, and they don't have they they need some support in going another direction. Because you know a lot of clients that I see, they've researched this stuff and they know it. 
but they're just afraid to go against the advice of another professional veterinarian that they've been seeing for, for years. They're afraid to just trust themselves and go in a different direction. But when like they meet me and I'm a veterinarian and I tell them, I support what they believe to be true in this other information. I can do it now because somebody told me, well, stop asking, stop waiting for permission, I guess would be my advice. Get out there, do your research, look at what you think is best for for your pet and and do it. You're you're not going to, you know, do your pet serious harm by trying a new diet for a few weeks, you know, just try it. And most of the time you're going to see such great results. If you try a raw diet that, that there's going to be no going back. So just, you know, give, give it a try. Stop, stop waiting for somebody to hold your hand and give you permission to, to do something different. If you really think that something's, you know, going to be good for your pet, then, then give it a try. We also have to add this in there, Dr. Jasek, that if you are doing a raw diet and continuing to put toxins in your dog's body, um, the diet can only do so much. Okay. So we really do have to understand that. And I would encourage people to start thinking about toxins right? The, the big cell, the big push on all of those toxins that we talk about, whether it's flea and tick, whether it's heartworm, whether it is vaccines, is protecting your dog. That's the big push. If you don't protect them, they're going to get sick and die. What you and I see is a pattern of sick and dying dogs that have had those protocols. So we're looking at it from a very very different uh, perspective. And I would say, are, how, how would you help them decipher that, Dr. JC? It's, it's, should they look at the ingredients and then do a big deep dive study on those ingredients that are going into their pets? And if their heart and soul are fine with formaldehyde, mercury, dimerosol, you know, um, all of these different things and all of the different um, uh, uh, proteins of animals. Uh, Are you okay with that? And I don't know if I'm okay with it because I don't know what these things do. Well, that's why it's confusing. And what we do when we're confused is we are going to do whatever we have to do to get out of a state of confusion. We've got to get back to homostasis, right? We've got to get back to this. We're okay with it. So we cannot stay in a confused state very long. And I think that that's one of the biggest problems, understanding that confusion really does cause people great anxiety. So they're going to resolve one way or the other. And sometimes we resolve to not know. And then we just go along and say, well, somebody else said it was okay. Um, right. right. I think it'd be great if people did look up ingredients, you know, things like you mentioned to- toxins, you know, these flea and tick preventatives, you know, people, I think people believe, you know, that their, you know, their veterinarian would never give them anything that's going to harm their pet. Right. And, you know, but, lo- but look at those, look at those ingredients in there. Those are neurotoxins. And I, 
I see pets and people tell me, yeah, I give that Brevecto or Frontline or one of these products and my pets started seizuring. They're neurotoxins. They can, they, that's how they kill the insects. You know, things that kill things are not natural. If, you know, you're putting, you know, these, these um, chemicals kill insects, do you think that's not going to have an effect on your pet? Is you're putting something that toxic into your pet's body? I mean, come on, like, what, what do you think that's going to do to your pet? And someone said to me the other day, well, what, what else should I do? I said, um, there are many, many things you can do. I was talking to a woman, uh, I was up in Grand Lake and I was talking to a woman from Kansas and they have a farm. Um, and she said, I do not put any toxins, um, to keep the mosquitoes away on my yard. She said, we use, um, and I think it was more than an acre. She said, they actually will come out with uh, essential oils. And she said, and you know, I have, and this is in Kansas. She mm-hmm. said, I have no mosquitoes because they treat it with a essential oil, not a toxin. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's other options. There's, 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 I mean, I, I know even, you know, because I talk to people about being careful about what they put on their yards and lawns. There's lawn companies um, that use organic products. You can find them. There are, I mean, it probably does cost more money, but, you know, I, is that worth poisoning, you know, yourself, your pets, your family, you know, to, to save a little bit of money? Um, you know, you can get organic products or you do things like essential oils. You know, I think, you know, just a lot of people just want the easy way out. But if you really, really believe in something, then you'll find a way to to make it happen. I I don't think vaccines are safe for pets. I really don't. I think vaccines do way more harm than good. And, you know, I I see people that say, well, I want to travel with my pets, so I have to get the rabies shot. You don't have to get the rabies shot. You're choosing to get the rabies shot because it's convenient. Me, if if I wanted to go somewhere with with my pet and to put him on an airplane required a rabies shot, I'd put him in the car. And, and, and if I was going overseas, I wouldn't take him because I believe that strongly that these vaccines are not good for pets. So I will not give one to one of my own pets, no matter what. I'll change what I'm doing first. But people like will justify what they're doing because they don't want to be inconvenienced. You know, they want to, they want to travel with their pet and they don't want to do a long road trip or, or whatever. But if you really, if you really believe in something, you know, that's from my perspective, like that's solid. I mean, I couldn't practice any other way. If somebody said, okay, you got to go, you know, take a job at a uh, you know, corporate clinic and vaccinate pets all day. I mean, I, I would rather just slip my wrists. I mean, seriously, like I just couldn't do it. I'd be like selling my soul. There's just no way I could compromise that. So I think people need to be, you know, maybe, maybe stronger in their convictions and really live, you know, what, what you believe in, you know, decide what's right and really live that. And you don't just make decisions based on convenience. Well, the other thing too, Dr. Jacek, is that we have the privilege and the opportunity to see all these 
uh, and I and I, I understand when I say this to see all of these sick dogs. What I mean by that is this: we actually have a visual, we have experience to look at something and say, I don't want that for my dogs, right? We've seen it. We know it. You don't see it on a mass scale like we do. Right. Right. Um, So I think the only thing that we can do to really help open that window up for you to help maybe change your convictions, to maybe help you make better decisions is to point you to certain podcasts like this one with Joe Rogan and Brigham Bueller. It was number 1873. He's going to give you a a very um, good visual of what it's like to work inside the pharmaceutical industry and how they think and how they make their money. And here's another thing that he said on that. He said, it's actually not even the pharmaceutical companies that are pushing the narrative, that are making all of this. Um, He said, the most powerful people, Dr. Jasek, are the insurance companies. It's Wall Street, you know, that's pushing all this too. So you've got those three big entities there. And then, of course, this this narrative comes down. But that is a great, great podcast for you guys to listen to. It's number 1873. It's the Joe Rogan Experience. And then also Dr. Judy Mikovits has a great um, interview that she does as well, a podcast where she talks about the vaccines and why she says that all these vaccines are dirty. And she said, and I'm talking about for people and pets. And she actually says that. And I'm going to get that interview so you guys can hear that too. So the more that you can listen to people that are actually in the game, experience it and can relay that information to you, I think the better it will be for you to make a different decision going forward. Yeah. Yeah. And and stretch yourself a little bit. You know, sometimes I'll start, I listen to podcasts all the time. Like I just, and no matter what I'm doing anymore, it seems like I've got, you know, unless I'm seeing patients, I'm, you know, if I'm doing stuff around the house or whatever, driving around, I'm listening to, to something. And sometimes somebody will come on like, yeah, I don't know that I really buy into what they're saying, but I'll listen because I mean, there's, there's a point where I won't, but Sometimes like, no, I don't know that I completely agree with that, but it's a good exercise to listen to it anyway. And ask yourself, why don't I agree with that? Is there anything to what they're saying? Am I missing something here? It, because if, if you hold to your belief and say, no, I just don't buy into that. Well, it causes you to go through your own thought process. Why do I believe what I'm believing? It, it did. I just, you know, hear that somewhere and bought into it. Or is there a sound reason for how I believe as opposed to what this other person is saying? So sometimes it's good to listen to things that maybe, you know, you question a little bit. There's nothing wrong with with questioning. I mean, I would never listen to like mainstream media, your CNNs or all that. They're just all bought and sold by Big Pharma like we were talking about. But, you know, in the alternative world, even, you know, there's people that don't always agree about, you know, big controversy now is like, do viruses exist? You know, there's, there's some pretty heavy debate about that right now that do things actually do, do viruses, these disease ent- entities um, actually exist? Or is it, you know, the, the terrain versus the germ theory, the germ theory says that there's germs that cause everything. And the terrain theory says, if you keep your body healthy, and your terrain healthy, you're not going to be 
susceptible to getting sick. It's a big debate now in a lot of circles. And I find that really interesting. Let's, let's debate it. Let's, let's figure it out and let's, you know, come up with the evidence for, for what you believe in and why do you believe what you believe? Go, go, go through that exercise and maybe you'll learn something. Maybe there's pieces of information that are true, but I find that when I pick apart some things that maybe I'm not quite on board with, um, it's a, it's a great experience and I become more sound in um, what I believe to be true. And I feel more, uh, more solid in it by going through that process. So don't just necessarily just poo poo, you know, things that maybe aren't exactly in alignment with the way you think. Yeah. And if you find yourself in that very confused position, I would suggest that you get over to ahavet.com and get on a telemedicine call with Dr. Judy Jasek and her team. Uh, get another side of the story. Get a different perspective from someone who isn't beholden to the big pharmaceutical companies or um, the big commercial pet food companies, right? There's a very different um, consulting energy mindset protocol when you are not being told what you have to sell and how you have to bring up profits. Um, and this is the way you do it. Okay. We're all about pet health and Dr. Jasek is about pet health. Um, we're not the pet police. So if you don't do it, no problem, but we want to give you um, a different perspective based on what we have seen and our 20 plus years experience in working with uh, the dogs who are on that protocol and dogs that aren't. Okay. Mm -hmm. Get over to rawdogfoodandco.com. Get your dog on a species appropriate diet. What's in our food, meat, bones, organ, and fat, maybe a double protein, maybe some tripe and maybe a 7% fruits and veggie blend in the healthy variety mixes. But that is it. That is it. So if your dog is having stomach upset, then you got to figure out what it is. Is it too much fat? Is it too much bone? Is it not enough bone? Is it not enough fat? It's real, real simple, guys. We don't have to um, figure out what in the 60 ingredients that are in kibble dog food is, is uh, interrupting your dog's digestive tract. It's super duper. It's super simple. Uh, but get over to rawdogfoodandco.com where your pet's health is our business and where friends don't let friends feed kibble. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.